0: What year is this? The year this is, 2020, is 2020, 2020, and this, this is Palette
1: Hey there, welcome to the show, this is Beyond Synth episode 262, we are continuing Dark Synth month, which by all accounts now will go into December, because uh, there's a few more in the series and lots more awesome Dark Synth to play, so today on the show, I'm going to be chatting with Hollywood Burns, who makes awesome music, and we'll be meeting uh, another awesome patron of Beyond Synth, so that should be cool, and there's a no time like the So let's get this show started And uh, I hope you're all having a lovely day I'd like to say that this song is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters The Kings of the Pattersons We're talking about Mike Shima, Chris Dance, and Robert D. Bishop You guys are awesome And so is this track from VHS Glitch This is Extreme Carnage And that was Extreme Carnage from VHS Glitch from the album Carved, and uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the king of hell, Jose Arbello with the 66.6, and Jacob Wick with the 4488, and City Hunter with the 42. Hey, we just met him a few weeks ago. How about that? So I've been uh, trying out a bit more Game Pass, you know, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, and uh, it is actually really cool to be able to sample a whole bunch of games, because some games... I only need to play for a few seconds to know that it's just not my cup of tea, and I'm very particular. So on that note, I'd like to say that I tried out Terraria, and I think the characters are too small. So I'm not going to play it. (laughs) That's all it took from me. Uh, Look, ever since I was young, you know, growing up at Atari and regular Nintendo and Super Nintendo, you know, the characters were always small on screen, and it was always cool when you played a game where the characters were big. Like, I remember really liking Batman Returns for Super Nintendo when I first played it just because, like, like, oh, the characters were so big on screen, you know, it was awesome. Like, the new Mortal Kombat games have been really great for that. Like, the characters just take up a lot of screen space, and so it's really cool to look at. And I'm not a fan of games where the characters are really small. I remember playing Super Meat Boy and the same thing, like, he's just like a little tiny red square, and... Anyway, so that's my feeling on Terraria. I also tried out Gears of War for the first time, and I do not like the color palette. Alright, I'm not a fan of games that are really dull looking. I don't really even like that color palette in movies either. Uh, that sort of washed out brown. It's not sepia. It's just like the world's that the game exists in is just all browns and, uh, not a fan. So, I don't know what I'm gonna do about that. I think it played okay. I have some friends who, when I get together with them, we usually need some sort of multiplayer game to play, but obviously, as this year is not a year, I'm gonna be really getting together with too many people. Maybe I'll save, uh, Gears of War for when I hang out with some buddies, but, uh, I'll tell you, I'm really enjoying Ori and the Blind Forest. I think that's the winner for me so far. That's my cup of tea. Nice, colorful, hand-animated characters, nice music, has a nice magical vibe. Uh, it's all good. I like it. And you know what else I like? is awesome music. Alright, so let's keep this thing going. I want to listen to this track from Alone Wolf. Yes, some of these songs are carryovers from when I thought I was going to do like a week of Halloween shows. And uh, this was kind of more of a Halloween track, but I dig it anyways because uh, it's kind of spooky and we're all about the dark synth right now. So this is Alone Wolf. Uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Hugh Hefna with the 2666 and in the 25 25- dollar club we got clint dowling we got jimmy the hut we got new mark we got alex seligson and we have a star apart that's so many people who are really awesome supporters of beyond synth and i hope you dig this track from a lone wolf this is crystal lake And that was Crystal Lake by Alone Wolf. That's all one word, Alone Wolf. Some scary stuff uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $25 Club, we got Restless Nights, Honeybeard, Tim Carlton, Johnny Five, who we're going to be meeting very soon, Kempson, Martin Larby, Blake Peterson, and Ken Giroux. You guys are all Awesome. And, uh, well, speaking of Johnny Five, let's, uh, let's go meet Johnny Five right now. Well, we're back. And we're uh, chatting with the awesome patrons of Beyond Synth and getting to know the people who, uh, who make Beyond Synth possible. And right now, I am joined by patron extraordinaire, Adam. Now, hold on. What do I know
2: you as? You know me as Johnny Five.
1: Johnny Five. All right. I'm here with Johnny Five. So look, man, how's it going?
2: It's going good. Uh, it's cold and snowy here, but uh, it's getting better. And you are a fellow
1: Canadian. Yeah, I've got my Tim Hortons right here. I'm drinking a half and half French vanilla and coffee.
2: Yeah, hot chocolate is my drink from there.
1: I find their hot chocolate to be a little weird.
2: It depends on how you like to take it. My wife really likes the Starbucks stuff, but I find it a little too dark. So I like my, uh, I like it a little bit sweeter.
1: Yeah, we do the same thing, honestly. Like my wife is big into Starbucks, but I just can't handle the price yeah. like it's just weird like because every drink she gets is like five bucks and like Tim Hortons ones are like a, at least half that like my thing is I think this costs like 220 for
2: a large uh, this is a dumb
1: conversation <laughs> <laughs>
2: If you if you have a habit, price is important, right?
1: Yeah, that's true. I I, I need to make up for all the money I lose on
2: uh, crack. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so tell the viewers, the viewers, the listeners, a little bit about uh, Johnny Five. What do you uh, What do you like to do?
2: Uh, I got three kids, and so most of my time is uh, spent helping them through life. Uh, I like video games. I like uh, hanging out, watching campy TV shows. Uh, all these things my wife hates with a passion, and mm. so I uh, usually enjoy those things by myself. Uh, work quite a bit. Um, I have a bunch bunch of different kind of roles and stuff that I do. So most of my time is spent between like kids and work. And then I try and have a little stress relief by enjoying some of my own activities, things like that.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, that makes sense. Yeah. My wife isn't too keen on uh, with all like the synth wave stuff. I mean, like she likes some of it, but I know like whenever I tried to play it in the car, it it, it, like makes her tired (laughs) and she does all the driving. So on long drives, I'd always like put on my own music and I would notice her like she just needs to listen to the radio in order to stay engaged. And I fucking hate the radio like so much. It's crazy how much I hate the radio. Like, it's just, I can't do it. Like, I don't like radio DJ banter. Yeah. It's also, like, just phony, and then they just play the same, like, ten songs, and it's even, like, the stations that are, like, the cool ones, like, it still sucks.
2: Yeah, that is most of my life whenever I drive around. I do most of the driving, so I like to control whatever's playing, but Mm. uh, for the most part, my wife strongly dislikes most of the stuff that I try and play, so we usually end up listening to the radio as well.
1: Yeah, we're not... (laughs) We're not selling people on marriage right now. No. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, too, it's nice to have your own hobbies. Like, I know, I, I see, you know, when people talk about, uh, you know, being in long-term relationships and it's all this sort of idyllic thing where everyone's just doing the same activities. And I, I like having my own personal hobbies and going into a space. I mean, where we live right now it's a little difficult. Like, I don't necessarily have like a little nook to hide in. Like, even though I have my spaceship set, it's still just in the middle of the living room. Yeah. Or not in the middle of the living room. It's on one side. But I do enjoy my uh, my private time. Like, I like to relax and, and you know, play a game or watch stuff and,
2: you know. Yeah, no, it's always fun. I mean, the challenge with my wife and I is that we both uh, work together at the same place and we both live together and have the kids together. So most of our lives are intertwined So that's why we try and find opportunities to have our own things as well.
1: Yeah, 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 of course. Did you meet your wife at work? I did. Is that a thing people can do anymore?
2: We're professors at the university here. And so we met when we were graduate students. And then I got the position here. And then when she finished, she got a position here. So now we, we were actually, we work in the same program that we were students in. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so it just kind of naturally evolved that way.
1: okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I know. I just get the impression that like the whole workplace dynamic now, it's like a, a little sketchy to try and like meet people. But if you, you came up at the same time, so I think you did it the right way.
2: Yeah, we had to declare to everybody that we were in a relationship because there could be a lot of issues with that.
1: Would oh, you have to like sign a form? Oh, yeah. Is that a weird form to sign? <laughs> be
2: like, it can be. We're not allowed to be on committees together. We're not allowed to be in any sort of decision-making positions over each other's students. We, our offices are almost beside each other, but we basically have to have separate work lives.
1: <laughs> I'd like to sign a contract like that with my wife. Like, you guys aren't allowed <laughs> to look at each other. Uh, you can't,
2: uh, you know... <laughs> Don't even acknowledge the other's existence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> What do, you, what do you teach? Do you teach something? Yeah, uh, we're both in uh, a school psychology program. I'm a child clinical and a school psychologist. and So I teach the courses here that have to do with like assessment and diagnostics. kids that have developmental challenges, learning challenges, behavioral challenges. I train our students how to uh, identify those children and then how to provide supports for them. So my specialty is autism as well. And then my wife does a very similar work, but she works with kids that have ADHD.
1: So ADHD is a real thing?
2: It's a real thing. There's a lot of evidence to show that but it's a it's a neurological condition that children have difficulty inhibiting responses. The challenge that we tend to find ourselves in is that a lot of people, particularly like family doctors, don't undertake more robust assessment processes. They just listen to a parent for a couple of minutes and then write a prescription off and away you go. Right. Um, and that's typically not sufficient to really identify the types of challenges a child might have and what we could do to help them. And so there's a whole history of like overdiagnosis and over-medication and that's part of the work that my wife tries to do is to help people recognize that and what we can do differently. So does ADHD exist in adults or is it primarily a kid thing? It tends to get more easily recognized in kids, but those kids grow up, and so that it doesn't magically go away once somebody turns 18. And the new diagnostic framework that we have actually allows for easier recognition in adults because that was something, there was much more emphasis in the past on kids and less recognition on when they become adults and how we can try and help them be more successful in adulthood. Uh, same thing with autism. I mean, it's dramatically more recognized in children, but there's an expanding recognition that those kids grow up and we have to try and find ways to help support them in adulthood too
1: <laughs> again I love when <laughs> people who listen and support this show have like important jobs that do like important work and then I just think of the show that I'm producing that they're listening to
2: <laughs> no I, I've actually thought about this I've thought about this what I would actually say to you if this question ever came up or this topic <laughs> came up and I, I legit think my answer is I think you have a more important job because the stuff that you do and Mike and Flora and everybody else, all the people you work with. People who do other jobs, different things, I rely on you. I rely on the music to help me focus. When I'm sitting in front of my computer for seven hours a day, at hour two, like my brain goes foggy and I can't focus and think anymore. So I have music to listen to. I have a show to listen to. I have things. That's how I function. I tend to listen to music while I'm working. And all the stuff that you do helps me do what I do.
1: Well, that's a nice way of putting that. Uh, It's... Well, speaking of music, let's listen to some, all right? So you'll have something to listen to while you're uh, sitting at your desk. Uh, I got a track here from Levinsky from the album Nocturnes, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We got Ashley Keegan with the 2049, Badge Mickelson with the 1986, and in the 1985 club, the Buckelman sisters, Sarah and Rachel. And uh, this is a cool song. It is called Symptom of the Night by Levinsky. ¡Hola! Sí. That was Levinsky with Symptom of the Night from the album Nocturne. Turns. Brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $15 Club, Profit of Jupiter, Six Mill, Hampus ML, and Chatterack. And I'm back here with the patron extraordinaire, Johnny Five. And we're talking about uh, kids with ADHD. So actually, what are the signs? Because I feel like my son has difficulty uh, focusing on things and, uh, and stuff like that. But I can't tell. I feel like he's just not engaged with school. I think part of the problem is I've been pretty lean. As a parent, I think if I go any further, I'm just going to describe what it is to be a bad parent. Because like, <laughs> I just sort of, you know, he just kind of plays his games and stuff. And when it comes time to actually focus on schoolwork, it's like if he's not interested, then he just zones out completely. And we're trying to do things like I'm trying to work with the teacher right now, and like the only weapon I have at my disposal is to take away Fortnite. Yeah. And whenever that happens, there's a lot of chaos that ensues. And uh,
2: yeah, and I think that's that's a challenge that most parents of children at about that age would probably have if you're thinking about like attention related challenges there are two different ways the kids can experience those and one is what we would consider inattention where they're very easily distracted they have a hard time putting their attention on things Mm. and then the other type is hyperactivity so those kids can focus but sometimes they're they run around all the time they're very impulsive they act without thinking Um, and they're two very different types of experiences the inattention versus the hyperactivity sometimes kids have more of the inattention, sometimes they have more of the hyperactivity, sometimes they have both. And that's part of the work that we do is try to recognize if they have either or both and then how much and whether or not it exceeds You know this magical line where we want to try and make a diagnosis and then there could be supports provided around that. So what is the magical line? The magical line in the book says there are nine symptoms of inattention and nine symptoms of hyperactivity and we have to get evidence of at least six of them in order for us to think that there's something worthy of putting a label around. And so the assessment process is um, talking to kids, talking to parents, usually talking to teachers if we're able to do so and try and find out what is that child's whole day like. Kids that really do have ADHD, they they don't just struggle to pay attention when you might want them to. They struggle to pay attention at all times, even when they might want to. Right. So that's one thing that we tend to look for. Over-focusing, hyper-focusing is potentially a thing, but that's also a thing for most other kids. If you put them in front of a video game that they really like, of course they're going to pay attention to it because they find it motivating. You try and take the video game away from them, they're not going to like it because it's what they really like. So that's not something that we'd be too overly focused on. I'd be interested more in like the, the whole day, I don't want to see what the what that is all like.
1: I would be a bad teacher because I just can't, I don't have the patience. Mm-hmm. It's also tricky because then I don't know what to do and like the kid's not paying attention. And then I'm like, I can't do anything. You know what I mean? Because like I'd be bad at it trying to teach.
2: Yeah. And that's part of the work that we do is um, if there are children that have challenges of whatever sort, It's trying to provide suggestions and recommendations, ideas on what we can do to try and help that child. And uh, the thing that I try and teach our students is that we need to focus not just on the school and the teachers, although a lot of the work that we do tends to kind of focus on that area. But I imagine if one of my children ended up getting a diagnosis of some sort and the person who I'm working with gave a whole bunch of uh, suggestions on how somebody else could help my kid, but nothing on how I could do any of that kind of work, that would make me really frustrated. and And so we really try and provide some ideas and guidance so that parents can do things to help support their own children. We want to try and empower them and make them feel like they actually have a role.
0: Wouldn't
1: listening to Beyond Synth be incredibly distracting <laughs> when you're trying to like when you're sitting at your desk at your computer. Like I don't know that I could listen to this show and focus on things.
2: No, I love it. It's awesome. I have a very divergent attention span. So before I actually found you, I would in my office I've got three monitors in front of me. I've got one that I work on. I've got one for email in the past I have one for Twitch. And so I'd be watching video games kind of on the side. I'd be watching your streams when you were on there more regularly. And now that some of the Twitch stuff has kind of died down, I've always got music or something playing. So I'm always looking forward to what the next episode comes out. So I've got something new to listen to. It ke- keeps my brain active as I kind of work through stuff.
1: How long is the education process for you to be in the position that you're in?
2: To get to where I am, if you go straight through, uh, you generally have like four years of an undergraduate degree. Uh, to get your bachelor's And in my field, you'd get a bachelor's of psychology and then it's typically two years for a master's degree and that can be divergent depending upon what your pathway happens to take. Sometimes it takes three years, sometimes it takes a little bit less. And then a PhD, depending upon program you go through, then that's usually four or five years. Once you've done that, then you got to try and get a faculty position, which um, in the past while has been pretty challenging to try and fall into. I was lucky that my supervisor when I was finishing my PhD was the dean of our faculty and so they knew that there was a position that was opening up and so she basically like helped lay the pathway for me to be able to get into the position I am. I kind of. I very luckily fell into it, and it's been a it's been a great process for me so far. The, the thing we like to joke about: one of my wife's really good friends. They did their PhD here together in our program, and and her husband was doing med school at the same time. And we have to go to school for like four more years than medical doctors do. It's, uh, it's a lot more training. <laughs>
1: I like hearing uh, just where you are in your life, and like the amount of education, and all this stuff to do. And I'm just thinking to myself, like. <laughs> I made a cardboard spaceship, and, and I talked to p- turtle puppets. <laughs> that's, that's what I do.
2: <laughs> there are days that I wish I had to make different choices, though. Let me tell you, there there are days where I think talking to cardboard puppets and, and making spaceships would be, a, would be a, a, a good transition for where I'm at right now.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> it pays less, I'll tell you that. <laughs>
2: And say if that's a subtle cue I'll uh, I'll up my patrons no support. no
0: I'm
2: <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that uh,
1: conniving, but uh, look, how about this? Let's uh, listen to another song, and then we will continue chatting with uh, patron extraordinaire Johnny Five. I got one here from Anoma, A-I-N-O-M-A. Uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Of course, there's Mads Baron Christensen, Retro Serenade, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And now I'd uh, like to listen to this track from Anoma. This is Manhunt te That was Manhunter by Anoma. Brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, my awesome ten dollar supporters. We're talking about Fraser Davidson, Blonde John Pack, Catstronaut eighty four, Lucas Smith, John Cube, Slade, Watch Clark, Neverman, Pudnuts, Joshua Winter, Albion Algorithm, Gary Heather, Knight of Ducks, Andrew Benson, The Patch Bay, Barry 7 Matthew Lister. Tristan Waits, Skunk Raider, Will Lowe, and Polly Digital. You guys are amazing. Uh, and thank you so much for supporting the show. And uh, we're back. We're ba- well. <laughs> we're, we're back here with uh, Johnny Five, patron extraordinaire, who I feel is uh, doing important work, who now I feel like I'm going to speak with privately to talk about my child because I <laughs> I'm going to milk you for information.
2: Go ahead. I know lots of people that live out in Toronto, so if you really do need connections, I can make them.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I feel like with most of the stuff in my life, I mean, I know what the problem is and I am either too stubborn or lazy to really... Or sometimes I just lack the will to do... You know, like when someone's real fat and like you know the solution and everyone knows the solution but we all try and come up with excuses to why we don't want to go on a diet or or work out or whatever but like everyone knows that's what you got to do yeah or you know like you got to drop your calories and you got to be more active and all this stuff and it's the simplest solution and no matter how many books come out that try and do like fad diets or whatever we all know what the solution is and it involves work for me and especially like with my son and his attention and and school and all this stuff like i know what happens to be done but I just lack the will to be like because I know it'll be like a really hard few weeks if I really start enforcing like you can't play games until you do this this and this it's literally going to be weeks of me not getting any work done because uh, there'll be going to be a lot of screaming in the house and a lot of things getting thrown around
2: change is hard for anybody and especially when you get into patterns of behavior over you know weeks months and years trying to change those patterns of behavior is very very difficult especially for kids if they're not the ones that want to make the change if it's somebody else that's trying to make that happen then of course they'll be even more resistant because they're not motivated to do all that sort of thing uh, what's really important as you work through that is if you do want behaviors to change is a kid's natural tendency is to escalate their pattern of behavior they'll want to do it more they might start to get even more resistant And if you give in we call them an extinction burst where you're trying to stop a behavior from happening so the behavior actually gets worse before it gets better. And then if you go, oh my God, I can't handle this. Now that the behavior's got a little bit worse and then you In your example, you let him play the video games after he maybe throws like a big tantrum. He's more likely to throw a big tantrum later because he, he realizes, oh, if I throw a tantrum, I get the video games. So you usually have to kind of weather that storm and then things get better after a short period of time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just got to stick to it.
1: It's hard because like, I also need to do my work and uh, it's tricky when... Uh... There's all these other things going on. It's interesting because, like, when you have kids, it's like, I mean, I just assumed, like, they would, oh, they'll just absorb my personality, and they'll, uh, you know, they'll be like me. And, like, I wasn't, like, a star student, but I was always relatively clever. Like, I got school, you know, I didn't try super hard. Like, I wasn't, like, a try-hard or a nerd or whatever. I mean, I was a nerd, I guess, like, just naturally. So I just assumed, like, oh, you know, my kids will be good at school. Like, you know, they'll be fine. Like, they'll, you know, whatever, they'll do well, and... And have some fun interests and you know hobbies and stuff like this and then it was so interesting because my son really doesn't have any interest artistically which was like in, in my family that's we all were like my brother's an artist um i was always interested in doing like art stuff for christmas we'd get like art supplies as gifts like that's what we got like fucking you know pens and paper and materials and plasticine and paint and stuff like that. And my son just doesn't care about that at all. I guess it's the same as, like, parents who are sporty and then end up having a nerd kid or vice versa.
2: Kind of the opposite for my kid and I. I mean, Zachary, my oldest, he's he's very artistically inclined, uh, and I'm very much not. And so, um, I mean, he shares my joy and love of video games and television, but when he's not doing that, he likes to draw and color and create stuff. He'll go to our recycling bin with all of our cardboard and stuff that we're going to put out in our blue bin, and he'll pull all that Stuff out, and he'll like get the hot glue gun and make random things together. He's like, "Look, Daddy, I made a zoo," and I'm like, "Awesome!" Like, I I don't have the capacity to do that any of that sort of stuff. Whereas when I was growing up, yeah, I was a hardcore nerd. I just wanted to play video games all day long, right?
1: In my house, I'm the one doing the childish crafts. Which <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> 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 I'll be 39 soon, and I'm the one with the glue gun and the. That's my favorite thing when my kids come home and like they see what I'm working on, and it's literally like me gluing cardboard together, and like it's just so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally making a little hat right now for one of these turtle puppets. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck am I doing?
2: Well, I'm 42, and I, I end up playing glue gun and stuff with my kids, and they, they tell me what to do. So, Dad, make this look like that and I got to figure out how to make it look like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well,
1: it's fun. Yeah. It's just, well, I think that's the most fascinating thing about having kids in general is just how how the household can be the same but they really do develop their own personalities and it's surprisingly weird because just like, where did this personality come from? Like, my, my daughter is just so different to my son like it's crazy but we're the same people like i mean i don't know how different i am from Well, i guess i can listen back to the podcast and see how much i've evolved i imagine i i still talk about all the exact same things and so (laughs) i don't know how much i've changed
2: it's all about goldeneye
1: yeah it is it really is
2: (laughs) (laughs) our oldest is very different from our middle our middle boy is much more athletically inclined likes to get out there and, and and just run around and do stuff where zach would love to just like sit there play video games watch Netflix do some creative art type stuff so like the, and they're only two years apart but very different interests and personalities though
1: yeah it's weird eh
2: yeah I talk about how, how kids in a family can be different but that's it's a whole other thing to see it in real life and that's one thing that my kids are a, re, a real benefit it allows me to be a better teacher and instructor and psychologist when I see my own kids do things and then when I talk to people about it I have that first hand experience
1: if you don't want to be one of those dudes there's always uh, getting all the information from the book and uh, is there a book
2: there are thousands of books
1: <laughs> is there like the, a good one i feel i feel like every field must have like a like i know like when i went to school i was in video editing i did video editing and they'd always be like you gotta read the blink of an eye by walter merch because that was like he was like the the editor who wrote a book i guess and he had I, yeah I, I don't remember what movie he had i think he did like godfather or something yeah so is, is there like the godfather editor of psychology
2: <laughs> no because it's quite a varied discipline that we work in i mean there are different scopes of practice, there are different things that people do, it depends on if you do assessment which is more what I do, um, or if you do intervention work, if you do therapy um, there are people that work, like there are sports psychologists, so people that would work with like you know, the Maple Leafs to make sure that their head is in the game and they can perform at their best, there are people who work with victims of trauma, like it's, it's such a wide ranging thing that we can do, that there isn't, there wouldn't be like one book that would be applicable to everybody
0: <laughs> I just
1: like. <laughs> I don't know why it makes me laugh always thinking about people who do like the important work and then the other people Uh, you know the idea that you would go and like I think uh, you know it's important that I you know work with uh, people who've experienced trauma and you know bring some normalcy back in their lives and there's the other guy like I know I want to make sure that the fucking hockey players are feeling okay like (laughs) well look how about this man let's listen to one more track and then we'll uh, we'll say goodbye because you gotta you gotta get to work that's what I say sounds good so uh, here's a cool song from Griff from uh, the album Calypso Drip FM. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters with the 808 IP68 with the 786 Binkley and uh, let's talk about some of the donation of the Beast Pals. I'm talking about Stagger, Big Baby D, Andrew, Evan Allen, Christian Quello, Schneedle Woods, Ivan, Thomas Berg, Akio Nakasone, David Lavalley Jr., Electromechanic, and Rama Branch. You guys are devilish fiends and uh, I hope you dig this track from Griff. This is Hotline. And that was Griff with the track Hotline from the Calypso Drip FM album, and uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club. We're talking about Cat Punk, Night Ride FM, Owen Magali, Caffeinated Pixels, Abashed Pudding, Dobro Tech, Dalton Bell, Replicant 69, Franz Varga, Trippy Artificial, Betadyne, Philip Back Luke Timmermans Alexandro Samaras Zayon B Tomas Shimanek Who in an Alleyway Lolshka Joe Ozone Ross Pentland And we like to end it off With the Polar Wildcat Studios With the 617 And I am back With Awesome Patron Johnny Five yeah. So listen man You are now gonna be my Psychology uh, Resource Happy to be it Is there anything you wanna say Before I hang up on you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, uh, just you know, thanks for the work that you do. You may not think it's important, but guaranteed all of us think that it is. I mean, you read messages from people that send you stuff all the time and there are many other messages that I think people would like to send, but never do. So maybe people could send you more messages and let you know, uh, just what you mean to them and uh, the, what you contribute to our lives because you really do you really do matter to a lot of people out there
1: well that's a very kind thing to say and of course thank you uh, for uh, supporting the show and keep on doing uh, actual important work that's a good thing and uh, hope I hope you have a lovely day and a lovely week thanks man you too thanks for supporting the show and keep on being a cool guy or cool professor you're welcome All right, and that was my chat with Johnny Five. It's always awesome to meet the patrons of Beyond Synth. I, uh, of course, am greatly indebted to all of you people who support Beyond Synth. It keeps the lights on in the studio, and it keeps the lights on in the spaceship, and all of those things need lights. All right, and uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We're talking about Zen Fraser with the 586, and Tim Browell with the 520. I guess, yeah, it might be a few more weeks before we do a family show, so uh, maybe I will also. Oh, do a quick shout out to my awesome $5 Pattersons. We're talking about Waylon Kasky Geospatial, Neon Zone, Nishta Jiva, Har Christopher Hudson, The Naked Flame, Stephen Forster, Captain Big Bucks, Steve from The Matrix, RAR! Tatsuya Miwa Tron Javolta Jeremy L. Corp Standing John Walcow Techno Ben and Eurobeat Intensifies and uh, how about this let's listen to one more cool track and then we'll go chat with Hollywood Burns alright so this is Gregorio Franco with Unholy Blood Was unholy blood brought to you? But nope, that was well. It's his well. Let's try that again. That was Unholy Blood by Gregorio Franco. That guy is cool. He has a beard and has been a, a great supporter of Beyond Synth. And so I think it is, uh, it's is—it's only appropriate that we also go and support Gregorio Franco with his awesome music. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. We got the Fear Merchant, Arcade Eyes, Jean-Christophe LeConte, Chess Press Magoo. Alex Barshop, King Koopazilla, Kevin Taylor, Robocock, Bogdan Crevo, William Dolphin, Enders Enger Jensen, Luke Jackson, Mr. Gimpson, The Axle Effect, Watch Out for Snakes, Christian Micklebust Josh Riley, Chris William, Andrew Tukas, Sven Bomanis, Joey and Kendra, City Bat. Oh, there's a lot of these. <laughs> Okay, look. I'll. I tell you what. I'll thank you. I'll thank the rest of you at the end of the show because uh, there's a lot of names here, and I don't want this show to just be me reading off people's names. That would be dull. All right. So look. Let's go chat. But I do appreciate all of you, by the way. Just want to make that clear. All right. Now, let's go chat with Hollywood Burns. Well, I'm here right now with Hollywood Burns. Now, how do you actually pronounce your real name?
3: Uh, my real name, Emmerich. Emmerich. <laughs> but you actually yeah. say Emmerich? Yeah. Oh, I mean, in French, I will say just Emmerich. Uh, no, Emmerich. But in English, I will just say Emmerich. I mean, this is how my American friends call me. So I guess Emmerich should, find, should
1: be fine. Okay. Found. But it's actually, what, Emeric? Uh, Emmerich, yeah. <laughs> so, explain to me what? Uh, why is it called Hollywood Burns?
3: The first reason was because I wanted to have a name related to the movie industries. Because uh, the cool thing about synthwave and uh, the genre of music is because it's inspired by uh, movies, and I felt like by uh, making a music inspired by Hollywood movies, it was such an insult for them, <laughs> the entire industry. That I would like, I would be like burning. Uh, hollywood old studios hey man but the music's awesome <laughs> thank you <laughs> is that you being like self deprecating i don't know no um i didn't even know where i was going at that time when i released my first ep actually
1: well definitely i mean what i like about your music especially with the invaders album mm-hmm. was you really were bringing a different kind of sound to the the heavy kind of dark synth stuff because I love the um. I mean, we'll listen to some tracks in a bit, but I love the nod to like the B movie sci fi stuff, like using yeah. the, the theremin sound and stuff, but then blending that with the
3: heavy synth. Yeah, it was inspired by the movie from the fifties, actually in the sixties, especially the soundtracks made by uh, Bernard Herrmann. I don't, I don't even know how to pronounce that correctly, but yeah, uh, the day the earth stood still and that kind of movies really inspired my album so did you like watch those movies when you were young I mean why why that particular era when I made my first EP First Contact I wasn't even sure I would go in that direction I can't say I was a huge fan of those movies but the thing is uh, what I always found interesting in synthwave, I mean, especially in in the dark synth scene, that was the contrast between the cheap sounds and the badass sounds. And I thought it would be even more interesting to go earlier in the past, go to the fifties and sixties, to all the do sound people who sound who, who think it sounds really cheap and add some some very badass sound to it. This is how I, I found the idea.
1: Yeah. Well it definitely works, man. It's it's cool stuff. So what were you doing before? I mean I I first found out about you i think more like 2017
3: 2018 17 was the year i released the album actually
1: yeah so what were you doing before then were you making music in general like doing something else or
3: yeah i did uh i was making some soundtracks especially for web series and short movies and stuff like that also for tv sometimes so i was already in music Uh, Making music at that time, Uh, I was also working as a video editor for a TV channel. So I was already creating, and uh, before the album, I released one single EP that was called First Contact EP. Yes, that what led me to the first album. Uh, I used to to make music a uh, lot for soundtracks especially. Did you do anything cool like editing or were you just working Nothing for like Nothing fancy actually. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah that was my first uh, very serious project. Right. Do you still do that? Uh, a little bit. Yeah I'm still doing video editing sometimes.
1: I have the same thing like I, I did uh video editing and like freelance mm-hmm. videography and stuff mm-hmm. but like none of that stuff was any good i wouldn't even put it on a demo reel it was all just like corporate
3: things and stuff yeah i was in the same situation at that time yeah i'm still actually in the same situation sometimes but uh, a part of hollywood burn is no real nothing really interesting yeah 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 but i mean like you put a lot of cool energy into the the music yeah. so that's okay right <laughs> yeah and that's also how i met some people I mean, for example, Volcor X, that you might know, I guess. This is how I met him before, actually, before Volcor X and Hollywood Burns. I won't say how, but uh, I met, we met before through our jobs well that's much better like, whenever you say I won't say how I'm immediately like we met at a sex
1: dungeon <laughs> <No>. and uh, <laughs> that's how we got to know each other you know whenever people want to keep secrets my brain always goes to the worst thing it could be
3: no, at least you imagine uh, what you want wherever you want yes
1: yeah. <laughs> even though it's probably just some boring thing where you just don't want to name the company <laughs> yeah. you worked
3: for but uh, <laughs> I'll go with sex dungeon alright I want this to be written on uh, a future Wikipedia page yeah, yeah. or something like that <laughs> well. that would be fun <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Well
1: look, how about this Let's listen to a track Speaking of Volcor X actually Why don't we listen to the song from First Contact That features, um, actually has two featureings It's a track called Burn Hard Featuring Volcor X And I don't know how to say this person's name Florent?
3: Yeah, yeah, you're right Florent Gerbeau. Gerbeau, like that. Yep.
1: Florent Gerbeau. Okay, cool. So this is uh, this is Burn Hard featuring Volcore X and Florent Gerbeau by Hollywood Burns. That was Hollywood Burns with the track "Burn Hard," featuring Volcore X and Florent Gerbeau. And I am back with Hollywood Burns right now, Emeric Yeah, H Burns, according to this computer. Is your last name Burns?
3: No. Okay. No, I mean, no.
1: <laughs> I was like, that seems like a no. not a French name. No, it's not. You so say you do like video editing and stuff, but you also have some production background, right? Because yep. the other reason why I know you mm-hmm. is you got in touch with me to do this video. You were doing a, an homage to the opening of Twilight Zone and you got me to film myself on a green screen. Yeah, exactly. Doing a, a, an impression of... Um, What's his face? What the hell's his name? Oh shit, I forgot. To be honest, I, I wasn't quite doing an impression of him, but I mean, I was doing the same thing, where it's like me talking, and then you did a lot of
3: effects work. You, I mean, you had a music video that was really impressive, like it looked great. I have too yeah. Uh, I made a music video for uh, girls with guns. But yeah, the video I, I, I made you record was for my live shows, actually. That is the introduction for my live shows. It's not that I don't want to t- talk to the audience, I would love to, but I will feel so awkward. Mm. So I I needed someone in the show that could entertain the audience sometime and open it for us. So I asked you to make a video in the style of uh, Rod Sterling. Rod Sterling? Rod Sterling, that's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The host of the Twilight Zone. And you made such a great video for us, and this is such a great opener for the show. I thought I was doing an impression of him, and then I watched some video. Like, I kind
1: of didn't really watch too much before, because it sort of you know how sometimes there are things that are in your memory and you think you know what it is? Mm-hmm. And then you actually go back and watch the source material and go, oh, wait, I was doing something else. I think I was almost doing more of an impression of the guy from Dragnet. Rod Serling has a very particular way of speaking. His teeth are funny. Yeah. When he talks, it's like his bottom teeth like kind of stick out, and he curls his upper lip. It's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any video online of the performance with Mike? Because I I just realized like I've never I don't think shared that with you
0: know, my is, my
3: listeners or anything. But I want people to see it so bad, but um, I didn't find any good opportunity to release the video because I need it to be stuck to something else. Yeah, I can't just release that little thing l- like that. And the thing is, I, I'm I was thinking that I could make a live music video, I mean, like making music video using some live footages and and add your footages at the beginning of it. The thing is, COVID-19 happened and mm. we don't have any concerts now. Yeah. So I barely have enough footages to make this kind of music video.
1: Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Someone did, I think someone sent me A clip one time really briefly someone who went to one of your shows who actually who recognized me in the video yeah happens quite a lot (laughs) but I would love to see just the whole thing play out because I think I mean you've sent me the video as what you project on screen but I haven't seen it in context of being on screen while you guys are performing and I know it's your little intro thing.
3: What I can do is making a private video. You can put in the in the description of your podcast or something like that. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. Yeah, it would be fun for people to see because
1: you guys did a great job. Like yeah. the effects look great. Do you also do like special effects work,
3: like digital stuff, or do you have friends that do? Very basic stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay, for the show, I made the entire video myself. I mean, it's like 45 minutes of videos I did myself. And it's mostly uh, graphic design. It's mostly After Effects and stuff like that. Yeah. So I can say do a little bit of effects, VA myself. But I'm not really good at it. I don't really do 3D, for example, or CGI or any of this stuff. Yeah. But for basic effects... Uh,
1: yeah, it works. Yeah, I'm the exact same way. I love After Effects, mm-hmm. but yeah, the most complex stuff I do just involves a lot of layering, but never 3D. I've done I've done super basic 3D in After Effects mm-hmm. where I made, a, I made a music video for Droid Bishop and there's a scene where a guy's running through a hallway and it's like the most basic 3D like where I just I made one flat wall and put it on you know rotated the axis and made another wall and made a floor and a ceiling yeah but then I I made the walls real footage I filmed like the inside of a computer for detail okay you know so it looked detailed and then I basically just made that one flat piece of wall oh I see yeah so it's real footage but it was only literally like you know eight polygons oh i <laughs> so, see what you mean yeah because you know in after effects how you can do the 3d camera
3: that was using a lot to fake 3d actually yeah
1: yeah 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 so i did i did that and i basically made a cube and it was really hard to do because <laughs> you have to move it to the exact right space to make the lines connect and if you're off just a bit like your your z axis is like 10 pixels off then the cube isn't in the right position and
3: yeah well actually I said I wasn't doing 3D which is true but at the same time I also made the 3D ship for Volco X I mean I don't know if you've seen the ship the Volco X ship Uh, it's sometimes on some of his artworks and uh We've made, I mean, 2016, we've made a trailer together for his uh, first album. And uh, this is like some old movies footage and I added a 3D uh, spaceship into it. Oh, I oh the,
1: the big X ship, that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So I made this ship and this is the only 3D stuff I've ever, ever done. But that's actual 3D, right? This is actual 3D, yeah. So what what program do you use for that? I think that was 3DS Max, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm not using 3D a lot. Yeah. At yeah, that time, I have just learned... The software only for that purpose, and then I just forgot. Right, no, I got gotcha.
1: you. <laughs> Look, how about this, man? Let's uh, let's listen to another track. I want to go to the uh, the Invaders album, mm-hmm. uh, which you put out, which is cool. And this song, this whole album's awesome. Like I I, I really <laughs> dig the the sound of it. And uh, this was a track I really liked. It's called Black Saucers by Hollywood Burns. <laughs> Hollywood bird with the track Black Saucers which technically was also on the first Contact EP right exactly
3: Okay. Yeah. anyway what it? the mix was so bad I just wanted to remaster the whole track and put it into the album
1: okay so if people out there want to listen to that song the right way <laughs> pick up Invaders 2018 yeah so what have you been up to then since all this fucking lockdown gibberish have you been making any music or working on stuff
3: Oh, actually I just finished to write the second album when's it coming out I don't know okay. I just need to talk to label about that okay okay okay. anytime soon i guess
1: i always have a tendency to have artists on the show like two three weeks before they release a new piece of music so we end up talking about all the old stuff and then like by the time I edit the interview and put it out,
3: there's like a new album that we didn't even mention, you know? Yeah, it won't be released in November, no, so don't Okay, worry it'll, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Yeah, I just need to talk about uh, the album and we've music and then uh, we'll find uh, a date to release the album.
1: Wait, so when you do the live show, it's not just you, right? Isn't there other people on stage?
3: Yeah, because I don't I didn't want to be alone on stage, so... I have a drummer and a guitarist with me on stage. They are two great musicians, actually, way better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, it has a lot. I mean, people who have been to some synthwave concert with a real musician they know how how it is when when you have some people having i mean real instruments
1: i get it it's it's something we talk about a lot on this show obviously having the appearance of a band mm. does help sell the you know like the music show vibe but i also don't hold it against people when they are just a dj because it's also hard assembling people and then the it money is, has yeah. to be split up. And then, you know, if you tour, it's a lot easier to tour with a suitcase than it is with, you know, like three other guys. Then you need oh, a yeah. vehicle. And If
3: I was alone, I, I would... I would do way more concerts every year, and for sure, because having people, it's expensive for everyone, for you, but also for the, the venues who invite you. So we do less concerts for that reason. But at the same time, I feel like having people with me on stage makes me feel more confident about sure. the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and it definitely and it definitely helps. I mean like I have seen little snippets of mm-hmm. your live show. Yeah, I think
3: people like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and that's why I was sort of surprised at first because when I when we messaged back and forth, for some reason this whole time I was always just under the assumption that, Oh yeah, like Hollywood Burns is a band. And so when I was messaging you, you know, to be on the show and you're like, yeah, I'll do it. And then I realized like, oh, it is just he, he is still just the guy like making the tunes. And there's the live show is sort of the yeah. the other thing. But a lot of the acts are like that. I mean, even like Carpenter Brute now, I mean, it's still mm-hmm. just is him. I mean, making
3: the music. And then when they go live, he's got the band. Yeah, I think even Pertubator now he's doing that. I think he has a real drummer now. I mean, for what I've said. But also, this is the thing. Usually, we start making electronic music in our bedrooms, in our small apartments, and we're doing this alone because this is more convenient and it's also cheaper. And then, when you start making money in this kind of stuff, it's also... I mean, also, you meet people... So it's easy to easier to connect with all the people and make something together, and it's fun too. It's th- really fun, yeah. It's more fun with all the people than being alone all the time doing
1: everything. That's why I look forward to going to live shows again at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do do
3: you have live shows now in in Canada? No, no, yeah, same situation here.
1: Canada takes it pretty seriously, you uh, know. So yeah. in my province, anyways, they've they've gone back a step because we were getting more cases mm-hmm. and so they actually like kind of reclosed some stuff. Yeah, we are in the same situation here now. But it's because of school, right? I have kids and they're trying hard to keep schools open mm-hmm. and so to do that you sort of have to close other things. But the school is the main probably reason why people are, mm-hmm. you, know, you know. Anyway, look, fuck it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that shit. <laughs> so what do you do for fun, man, when you're not uh,
3: making tunes? Actually for fun I'm just making tunes. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to find. Some- some time to play some video games. Now I'm just working full-time on the album, so it's... But when I have time, I'm just playing Total War Three Kingdoms. That sounds like a
1: game that would get advertised to me when I click on a YouTube video. Really? Is it an actual game? Yeah, that,
3: that is published by Sega, I think. Total War. Total War Three Kingdoms. I mean this is a series of strategy games this one is about medieval China I
1: think I know this game but I feel like you know when you like watch a YouTube video or you sign into Instagram and like they advertise video games to you is Total War like it seems like one of those games I don't
3: agree I don't agree with
1: that statement all right all right (laughs) (laughs) well about this We'll uh, we'll keep talking, but I want to listen to some more music. Okay, this might be my favorite track on the album. I fucking love this one. Oh, uh, I've uh, can't wait I've wait to know what what song it is. I've used it before in some credits for a video as well because I like uh, Scherzo I can't say this fucking word. Oh, yeah, yeah. Number five in uh, Death Minor. This track is just fucking wicked, and we're gonna listen to it right now, man. This is uh, Scherzo, number five in Death Minor by Hollywood
0: Burns.
1: And that was Hollywood Burns with
3: Scherzo number five and Death Minor. That name, that song, the name is actually a reference and a tribute to Johnny Williams. Because he has several tracks called Scarzo for something." Yeah, Scarzo for motorcycles" and Scarzo for X wings in Star Wars." Yeah. <laughs> so I made a "Scarezo for in Death Minor." Yeah, it's yeah. It's actually not D minor, but let's pretend.
1: I get it, man. <laughs> this game, this fucking Total War, is that a computer game or do you play that on console? It's a PC game, yeah, computer. I don't think I've ever. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the internet right now and see if I'm thinking about the I'm, same I'm thing.
3: Surprised. I thought that was pretty famous. I don't know. I, no, I. Sure. I think it like I recognize the
1: name Three Kingdoms Total War Total War Warhammer 3 That's something else
3: Oh that's This is the yeah, yeah This is the right theory But I'm not playing Warhammer I mean not right now I'm playing the Three Kingdoms The one about China Napoleonic Total War 3 Oh you have a lot of Total Wars Jesus I mean it's for
1: people Like strategy games So how do you play Is it just like a top down Is it like looking at maps uh, okay. And you don't run around And actually swing your sword At Chinese people, do you? It's in two
3: times. First, yeah, you're looking at to a map and it's all about diplomacy and building your civilization, stuff like that. And then when two armies met, met each other, then it's like in Age of Empire, you just control the units and attack some of them. Right, okay. So it's like two different times and two two different gameplays. It sounds like it might be too much for me. I, I like games where you just press X and swing swords. Actually, usually I'm like that, because this is why I'm so fan of Dark Souls and stuff like that. I am mm. usually don't like to be bothered by cinematics or story or anything like that. I just want to play the game and nothing else
1: yeah 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 well then you would love the Metal Gear franchise
3: (laughs) especially number two
1: yeah 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 (laughs) where you you get to walk two feet and then watch 40 minute cutscene oh damn yeah (laughs) well at least those cutscenes made sense I love them anyway (laughs)
3: <laughs> the music was great. Oh yeah, the music fucking right, was so great. Yeah,
1: I didn't really care for Metal Gear Two mm-hmm. in in context with all the other Metal Gear games, but uh, the soundtrack's good. I've got some tracks on my uh, in my playlist. I like how epic the uh, the actual the theme song is. It is. Yeah. I never talk about it too much, but it is a really
3: cool fucking. So good, the Harry Gregson Williams song, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is one scene in Metal Gear that was a plagiarism from a uh, Russian tune actually oh really so now they can't uh, play the song but i'm not sure that hold on here that one song
1: metal gear music plagiarized i've never heard of that let me
3: see metal gear solid theme plagiarized there is one song i don't play anymore for that reason i think it says it's the theme it is a theme okay so this one was composed i think for the first metal gear I mean, Metal Gear Solid, and uh, they don't use it anymore in any game.
1: According to some website I've never heard of, Metal Gear Solid theme removed from Metal Gear 4, this was back in 2008, due to plagiarism. The truth is, Konami had legal problems with Russian composers who said we stole their music. They didn't actually, but Konami was too sensitive about the situation and just decided to not use that music in the game. The theme was stolen from Russian composer Georgi... How do you say that name? Georgi? <laughs> Jor- Srif- Srividov? Srif- Sviridov. Concerto Pushkin's Garland. From 1970. Alright, let's fucking see, man. YouTube Pushkin's Garden. Pushkin's Garland, sorry. Oh, there's even a video Pushkin's Garland slash Metal Gear. Oh, well, yeah, I guess there are hundreds of them. 11 years ago. So maybe I have to take back everything I said. Harry Gregson Williams, you plagiarizing piece of shit. No, no. Actually, that wasn't him. Oh.
3: That was uh, the composer <laughs> of the first game, and, and in Metal Gear Solid Two, he just rearranged uh, the theme of the first one. Ah, gotcha. So he isn't responsible for that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Harry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, this Pushkin's Garland is a, is a. I mean, okay. Like, how complex is that melody? Yeah, it's quite basic, very effective, and basic.
3: Why well, I don't know why I'm singing it to you but it's just <laughs> I mean if anyone here doesn't uh, know the theme of Metal Gear Solid, yeah now he knows All right
1: I'm going to I'll put in a little sample of fucking Pushkin's garland and see if people can hear the uh, similarity because Sometimes I don't hear them. Like, sometimes I will see, read articles where they'll say, this person stole this person's song, and I'll listen to them side by side and be like, what are they talking about? Sometimes it's like the bass line is kind of similar, and I'm like, can you copyright a bass line? Like, I mean, so many songs use the same four chords and stuff. And
3: This is funny because even in my YouTube comments sometimes, I see people comparing some of my stuff to other songs they know. I mean, they don't accuse me. Uh, of any plagiarism or whatever to just reminds them of, of something else. Yeah, and then I listen to the song and I, I don't get it. I don't, yeah, I don't understand.
1: It's like when people say you look like somebody. Yeah. Where they'll be like, "Oh, I saw a guy that looked like you," and then you see the picture and you're like, "That guy doesn't fucking look like me." Like, if someone actually looks like me, I will totally acknowledge it. Like, I don't, I'm not afraid of there being somebody that looks like me, mm-hmm. or I'm too proud because sometimes I think people just get upset because you're suggesting that they're not original or something if somebody else looks like them. But half the time I just look at another person, I'm just like, because he has dark hair? Like, that's it? Or dark eyebrows? Like, that's all you're going on? Like, I've got more on my face than those things. I mean, like, when I see somebody... That looks like somebody else Like they look like that person If I actually tell them Like dude I saw somebody that looks like you I'll fucking try and take a picture And I'll be like see And usually the person will be like Yeah that does kind of look like me And I'm like I know Cause I do a good job of recognizing that shit Anyway sorry that's
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to add <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well,
1: how about this? Let's add some uh, some cool music, all right? I think you mentioned this track earlier, but uh, it's another good one from the album. It's called Girls with Guns by Holly Woodburns. <laughs> was hollywood burns with the track girls with guns and i'm here right now with Emeric from
3: uh,
1: hollywood
3: i feel like every time you pronounce my name it's always different yep (laughs) 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 yeah i tend to do
1: that so that was a, a cool track thank you did you already have the theme in mind when you were making invaders like the whole premise of of the album,
3: or did you sort of figure that out as you were making the songs? All I wanted for Invaders was making something that would sound a little bit influenced by 50s, 60s B movies. I mean, that's the only idea I had in mind at that time. But when I was making my first EP, I wasn't sure of what kind of music I would do. So at that time, I just tried everything. So if you listen to my first EP, there is one track about Japanese Yakuza there is one track about uh, vintage aliens oh one track sound more like a uh, aerobic theme for like an 80s movie or whatever mm-hmm. but in invader i was sure of myself i just wanted to make something that would sound like just an old uh a an old alien movie so when you uh,
1: were playing live shows i mean who are some of the other artists that you were uh, playing with
3: uh i played with master boot record record i played with the algorithm i love his music i was such a huge fan so i was really happy to share send the stage with him uh, I played with Sierra too. So were these? Who were who were the headliners of these? Are like, do you are you the headliner? Or are you guys doing like co? Oh, the only time I was a headliner that was uh, in at the Stunfest in Rennes, uh, but that was the only time. Usually I am not. But that was also a geek festival, so doesn't matter who is the headliner. Wait, where was what is this show? No, that was a geek festival called Stunfest. S T U N Fest. Stunfest. Stun yeah. Town fest.
1: Oh wait, so I think I actually talked to Sierra about that. Was it like a, like a video game thing? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah,
3: ah, it's all coming together now. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's people coming to play video games and uh, seeing some concerts. Gotcha okay cool so how was that awesome that was um, yeah that was such a brilliant uh, brilliant
1: show for us did you have time to check out any fucking games like was it a festival where they were like
3: showcasing things like where there was booths and stuff like no it's more about retro retro games i guess and also competitions Ah, okay okay like street fighters or king fighters competition and stuff like that did you have time to compete (laughs) yeah because before my show I always have uh, some problems to connect all the things together yeah Yes, or the video doesn't work or the audio doesn't work or everything doesn't work so i never have time to do anything else
1: it's amazing how like there is always a problem
3: yeah always and you
1: always have to find a new solution that's the thing that's that's really interesting when you deal with like so much tech stuff there's a point where you can't be mad anymore like at first it's Mm -hmm. angering i suppose like oh fuck this thing doesn't work and this thing won't plug it and then after a while. You just go into the situation going like, well, I wonder what's going to be fucked up today. Like you almost, you can't even be mad because you know there will be something.
3: Yeah, but the good thing is because I have also in my crew a audio engineer and yeah, sound engineer. Yeah. Sound engineer and also video engineer. So I'm always confident if we have any problem, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always have some help with me. This is great. Yeah.
1: My solution is usually to just swear a lot and punch things. <laughs> hopefully things just start to work after that (laughs) yeah what's the the tone of your uh the the album you're working on now is it like a kind of a continuation of invaders sound or are you
3: doing something new yeah it's actually a direct sequel if i can say i mean this is this is the same theme but it's a little darker and a little heavier too i guess because invaders was quite a bright album especially for a dark synth release i mean it sounds really adventurous and optimistic sometimes Mm. but the new album is a little darker
1: when you said earlier like you used to do music for like short films and and tv and stuff Mm -hmm. were you just scoring as you like as emmerich or
3: yeah Always, yeah. Always been, yeah.
1: Is any of that music online?
3: You really want to listen to?
1: No, I'm just curious. I like, I like okay. listening to what people do before, unless they're ashamed of it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'll find it, and and then I'll listen and go like, hey, this sounds exactly like fucking Pushkin's Garden <laughs> or whatever the fuck sounds song. <laughs> that
2: garland, some, Garland. I have
1: some quite old stuff. What the hell is a garland? Hold on here. <laughs> Define garland a wreath or festoon especially one of plated flowers or leaves worn on the body or draped as a decoration that is a garland well who the fuck is pushkin (laughs) who is pushkin Alexander Pushkin was a Russian poet, playwright, and novelist of the Romantic era who is considered by many to be the greatest Russian poet and the founder of modern Russian literature. All right, <laughs>
3: what are we talking about?
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to put some
3: context to uh, Pushkin's Garland. Okay. Qu'est-ce que c'est le l'entrepide? Oh, that was. Oh, this one was just uh, a song for a uh, the promotion of a comic book. I would say, yeah. Comment dit le mot for superhero in French? Superhero. <laughs> it's the same word. Is it? Super hero. Yeah.
1: Super hero. Super. Yeah. Super hero. Exactly. Ventrepid.
3: Yeah. C'est
1: pour les enfants ou les, uh, les adultes? I don't know, actually. Hmm. I, would, I would say like young adults. Je ne sais pas le mot pour young adults. Les jeunes jeune adultes? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. you nailed it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> i like practicing my french
3: <laughs> no you're good i mean makes perfect sense
1: well that's fun okay cool i'll I'll check this sorry for the listeners i'm just <laughs> <laughs> emery because uh you've sent me a link and i'm looking at it now and the artwork is uh, a comic book it is yeah uh superhero guy
3: called the intrepid so yeah i mean like that was mostly mostly, um orchestral stuff yeah oh cool yeah i'll I'll give that a listen man Mm -hmm. i like that kind of stuff yeah before hollywood burns i was only making orchestral so the thing is i had to learn how to make electronic music for hollywood burns and that was quite a challenge actually
1: well you can tell me all about it after we listen uh, to another track how about that Uh i want to listen to this one it's called came to annihilate by Hollywood
0: Burns.
1: And that was Hollywood Burns with Came to Annihilate. And that's from the Invaders uh, album from 2018 and I am chatting right now with Hollywood Burns Emmerich and I... we're just uh, talking about making tunes and I think I went on a tangent trying to figure out who the fuck Pushkin was but that's got nothing to do with you that's just for me because I'm an inquisitive guy wait so when you started making Hollywood Burns music then mm-hmm. like why was this the sound you went for was that just what came out of you or did you really intend to go like I want to make hard I mean I know, I know you sort of did a few kind of sounds with the first album was that you
3: trying to figure out what you liked. I just wanted to continue to make kind of soundtrack music but with a real purpose i mean i used to make soundtracks for other people so i just wanted to make soundtracks for myself and i wanted other people to listen to it because if i just add soundtracks on, on soundcloud or whatever people won't listen to it so i just started a an electronic music project that would be a continuation of my work before making soundtracks and adding some electronic to it
1: what was the inspiration i guess for some of like the harder sounds of hollywood burns like what were you listening to or what were you trying to
3: well I think at that time there was I don't know a perturbator carpenter brute and that kind of guys I mean yeah Actually, when I started the project, I think that was the only two names I knew from the synthwave dark scene.
1: What's with all you French people, man? Why are you all making this heavy, dark
3: music? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but that is actually true. I mean, French popular music sucks quite a bit. What are you uh... talking
1: about? No, what, what I mean, mean okay. Ouh, oh, Champs-Elysées. All
3: right. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> I am not saying that. Everything is bad. <laughs> yeah, usually, usually it sucks quite a bit but the underground scene is very interesting in France mm-hmm. I mean there are tons of French artists very interesting in, in, in the underground scene
1: sorry I just pick on my mom is French and so when I mm-hmm. was young she listened to French music mm-hmm. and I never liked it like you know sometimes like you sort of pick things up from your parents and I don't know I just never this this stuff where it's like with the accordion and like some guy singing I mean I do the j- Joe Dessin or whatever the mm-hmm. yeah it's always old Yeah, and like to me, I mean, it's not bad. It just doesn't it doesn't touch me in any way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that to me is what French music is. (laughs) It's just, it's all that stuff I listened to when I was a kid. I'm trying to think of more examples, though.
3: Yeah, I I guess for the people living, I mean, in other countries, French music is only old stuff usually.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think if I know any more modern stuff. I remember when I had, uh, I think the first time I had Dan Terminus on the show, Mm -hmm. and I went through all my rant about French stuff. Because I remember when I was in France, like in the early 90s, and there were all these shows on the TV where it's just like four people around a table talking. Uh-huh. And that seemed to be like all that French TV was. It's like every time i turn on, there'd be like four like intellectuals talking about books or something, and they sit around a table. And there was this one, and it was all women, and it was called Frou Fru. I
3: don't know. I've never heard of this.
1: It had the fucking worst theme song I've ever heard in my life. And to this day, it's still stuck in my head. Can you sing it? It's literally just like, frou-frou, frou-frou. And then, like, the song would cut, like, sharply. And then you would hear the sound of a camera taking pictures. So, like, the music would stop. It would just do this hard stop. And then it would be like, And then the song would continue. But it had that same vibe of, like, French music where it's just, like, a singer, a very simple... Uh, instrumentation, you know, just. Yeah. Comes You know, like this kind of shit, <laughs> and to me, like that's. Fou
0: fou, fou fou. Par son jupon, la femme. Fou fou, fou fou. De l'homme trouble l'âme.
3: Yeah, I guess for some people here, the lyrics are more important than <laughs> your <yogi> production. around. <era.
1: laughs> Fuck, I hope yeah. so. The point is, I'm glad there's a French people like you out there who actually make music that's fucking awesome. Because at I least... Mean, yeah, the
3: underground scene is really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. Because I... <laughs> I, mean, I don't mean to offend French people, with It's just, in, in my head, when I think of French music, it's all this sort of... <laughs> you know, like... Anyway...
3: No I, yeah I'm not judgmental too I used to I usually do that about the
1: Canadian film industry mm-hmm. everything Canadian is always weird and quirky and mm-hmm. so like we produce a lot of crap
3: wherever the country is uh, it's always more interesting when they try to make something more connected to their own uh, identity
1: I guess yeah because I've, I've definitely seen some interesting like foreign films where you like they'll do something interesting with costume design or, or art direction or something where you go okay like that's that's neat yeah Korean
3: movie for example
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie is so great. Because, I mean, like, even even when, you know, like, Hollywood borrows imagery and costumes and things from, like, o- other places in the world, it's still sort of put through this, the Hollywood lens, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's still kind of changed. I guess it's the same with music. It is. Yeah, I think. But then I wonder why, why all these French people are so dark. Unless it's just a response. If you grew up and listened to all this weird, like bouncy singer songwriter folk kind of music and then you just go fuck
3: i need to hear some fucking damn like i need some i'm I'm not too much a dark dude so i don't know well but sometimes maybe you have to express that darkness through your art right i was just inspired by horror movies and also metal Mm -hmm. i think this this is the only reason is there like a french metal scene uh there is uh, there is <laughs> <laughs> it exists but I think oh there are a few quite good uh, French bands but I'm not too much an expert actually
1: the point is I like cool music and I don't care where it comes from so that's uh, yeah. that's the bottom line but look listen man We can probably wind this down. Is there a track you're, like, particularly proud of that I haven't played that you want me to play? Because I'll play it.
3: What about Carnal Encounters of the Third Kind? All right, man.
1: We can fucking do it up. Here's a cool track from Hollywood Burns, and then we'll, uh, and then we'll wind down. This is Carnal Encounters of the
0: Third Kind.
1: That was "Carnal Encounters of the Third Kind" by Hollywood Burns from the Invaders album, and I've been chatting today with Hollywood Burns, A.K.A. Emmerich. We had a good time. Is there is there something we we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't like that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, really, I don't know. No one can ever answer that question, but I always enjoy ending the show by asking it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I not <laughs> You better be. <laughs> That's the reason why I ask that question is just to make people apologize.
3: Okay, I can say that the new album, I mean, not released yet, but soon, I guess, uh, was almost entirely written on a laptop in a coffee shop in Taiwan. What were you doing in Taiwan? I'm in Taiwan half of the year usually what yeah i'm i'm living in france and taiwan why because i i just love this country so much wait are you in taiwan right now no no now now i'm in france because i I actually when uh the covid 19 hit europe i was in taiwan already but i came back to paris uh, for family reasons and now i'm stuck here because the borders are closed wait a second
1: so what's what's your Taiwan life? Is it just because you like hanging out there or do you work
3: there? No, I don't work there. I'm just hanging out there it's very easy to stay and I'll just love the country and, and most of my very best friends are living in Taiwan too so actually the my, Invaders my first album was uh, written in, entirely in Taiwan too interesting, do you find it more uh, conducive for coming up with creative ideas when you're in Taiwan? Maybe not creative ideas but it just makes me more just gives me motivation and also I love my Taiwanese life there, that's it How long have you been doing that? I've stayed two entire years there and then I came back to Paris two years ago and ju- I'm just flying sometimes to Taiwan but uh, I don't know between Taiwan and Paris for like 10 years I think well, that's cool yeah so what's your favorite thing to do in Taiwan I think making music in coffee shops <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> I take my laptop composing music and just stay the, the whole day I just think it's the idea of going somewhere and uh, just discovering new stuff every day do you speak the language uh, a little bit because yeah I, I when I first went there to live in Taiwan I went to a uh, school, Chinese school, to learn Chinese. So this is how I I, I stayed in Taiwan as a student first. So yeah, I have some, I know, a little bit of Chinese.
1: I feel like that would have been something I should have asked you about earlier, and we could have expanded on that, but... uh. Yeah,
0: exactly,
1: yeah. (laughs) I mean, there are a ton of stuff
3: to say about that but yeah
1: well look here's what people should do they should go check out the music of Hollywood Burns and maybe sometime uh, after listening to this show there will be a, there'll be a whole other album for you to listen to so that's exciting I think it's early 2021 okay so we still got some time
3: I mean 2021 yeah
1: so that's what people should do man look out for, for yeah. some cool music and when people start touring again they can go check out Hollywood Burns so man listen you have a lovely French day thank you and it was uh, it was Nice chatting with you, and uh, uh, I hope you. Uh, I don't know how to say goodbye to people. <laughs> Just
3: say goodbye. Just say hey, goodbye. <laughs> hey, goodbye. <laughs> hey, you know what? This part is over. Hey, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Click.
1: <laughs> but seriously, dude, uh, your music is awesome. Thank you. And uh, you know, as soon as you make some more, I'll uh, I'll play it on the show.
3: Thank you. Yeah, I should have a ton of new songs soon. So yeah,
1: excellent. Well, I need stuff to play, man. My uh, (laughs) the playlist is empty.
3: So, but I think during the epidemic, a lot of people because they were stuck at home, I saw so many release releases every day. Yeah,
0: (laughs) so much
1: music. Well, it's good though, man. I need uh, I need that music for fuel. So Mm -hmm. I need more of it. (laughs) Anyway, dude, listen, it was good talking to you, and uh, keep doing cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, and that was my conversation with Hollywood Burns. And that was brought to you by my awesome $5 patrons. We're talking about City Bat. Did I already thank him? Star Nomad, Tim Ross, Rob Dyson, Damian Rudies, Neon Knox, Christopher Albert, Marco Donk, Daniel Deluxe, Timothy Pierce, Starlight Fisher, Dana Jean Phoenix, Simon Norberg, Stu M, Retro Revolutions, Roman, Lee McConnell, Kai, and Wes Evans. All right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for supporting the show. I will say that this episode, I, I'm saying this every time I do a show now, that every episode seems to be a few days late, but it's because we've been filming a lot of Andy's spaceship, and I mean, the next episode is probably going to be like an hour long, because the guest segment itself is like 45 minutes long, and that's not including all the the skits in between. We've got like new characters we're introducing, and there's some f- funny bits with the turtles, so uh, I hope you guys enjoy that when it comes out, but it's probably still a few weeks away Um, but yeah we were filming all last week and so I can only do one thing at a time man but look listen I hope you guys are having a lovely day thank you so much for supporting the show and if you don't support the show uh, maybe you should that'd be awesome you don't have to but I mean it's awesome when people do and it makes me feel good about myself I hope you guys have a lovely weekend. Uh, We have a few more weeks of Dark Synth, so that's probably going to go into December, but hopefully I put out another episode before November is over. We'll see. Black Friday's coming up, and I usually waste a whole day on Black Friday just, like, scrolling through Amazon and then not buying anything because it's all a bunch of shit. Anyway, have a lovely week, everybody, and uh, stay safe and be cool, and I will talk to you next time on Beyond Synth, the best Dark Synth chat show there is. Thanks
0: for same this was beyond save the no whole shows today. Now shut up the robot ladies got something to say.
2: If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyond synth. Or you can donate directly on beyondsynth.com. Beyond Synth can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And remember to like and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter,
0: Instagram, and Twitch. Until next next time...